On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I recap our time with Mr. Seth Byrne and give you a guys a tutorial on Seville. Then we go into painstaking detail about election betting and try to make a decision about whether Nate Silver is still a witch or whether he's no longer a witch. And then we do a little bit of NFL and we even give out some college picks, but Rufus thinks his college picks aren't worth shit this season. So just keep that in mind. And with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a out with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast. This is a a special episode because um it's our second this week have we ever done that rare, yeah we've had weeks where we've we've done stuff um i got a text message from jeopardy james james Holzauer. oh i did too wait I, what did seth you say Byrne. it yeah. said now i know why they call him seth burn oh, oh my god i think mine said the exact same thing it's the same guy sending us the same text message what is that why is that a big deal i don't know it's funny he said, I guess we know why they call him Seth Byrne. He's, I said. I don't understand why that's so weird. He sent us the same text message. Rufus. Yeah. It's not really like a. The, the simplicity of your mind sometimes is perplexing and, hey. and also amusing. Um, speaking of simplicity of your mind, do we want to recap the Seth Byrne now that we mentioned him just because it's. it's um, or do we I get, want to jump into the election? I guess the election is more interesting. Um. The Seth Byrne thing, I think if we replay it, I, I, I'm actually should, I haven't listened to it. We should, you should probably listen to it. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I listened to a little bit of it cause I was trying to find some clip where he talked about goat blowers. Oh yeah. That was a good line. Yeah. He said, once you're a goat blower, it doesn't, I mean, you're, you're always a goat blower. And I said, we, we haven't had any goat blowers on the podcast to my knowledge. So basically but it's potentially. So, we, I mean, we, maybe we have. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? We don't know. No, no admitted good blowers. But it seems no, like you, there's a certain list of things that if you do that, you're labeled that. Like goat blowers on that list, I would think like murderer, like rapist. No, I mean like it. Serial killer. But so, if you were, if you were, and I guess Cal, right? I guess according to Seth Byrne. No, I mean, Cal it's is, not, and it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, okay, so. It's not the severity, but it's, it's the kind of thing. He thinks it's that a label that sticks. We haven't had the tout conversation in a long time, right? And I think for a while it was a very tired conversation for us. Um, the Seville thing, people have asked like who they are. It's a community on on Twitter um, that are you know Contrarianville, I think is what it stands for. They are um, you know. I'd, I'd say pretty witty, pretty intelligent people, um, but also very dogmatic in their beliefs. Um, and their beliefs are that touts 100%, you know, inarguably wrong. And anytime you associate one with one, even if it's a past one that makes you guilty by association. 
So in their world, Pizzola and Cheetah, who we are, who are our friends and who are on the show, and we think are net positives, unlike us for the sports betting media industry, um, you know, our, our association with them makes us guilty. And, and again, like, it isn't really even that interesting a conversation because they're so dogmatic about it. And I guess the, the thing that you always talk about is the, the and, and you and I have argued about like the different kind of touts you think Vegas Dave is like the most harmful tout. And we've had these arguments where like an Aaron Schatz is a more harmful tout than a, than a Vegas Dave, not intentionally, but Aaron is, uh, portrays himself as someone that can provide value to you to beat the spread. And because he has quote unquote analytics attached to him, it, it gives him, you know, even more credibility but the reality is um, his, his picks generally have not done particularly well against the spread historically. Yeah, I think we've, we've made, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum in the past, but. And you're still, I, you're still in, in Vegas, you're still in Aaron Schatz camp over Vegas, Dave. I mean, I think Aaron Schatz site provides value. It's, that's, that's not, so the, that's not the question. You're though, separating right? it out into, I mean, so if you buy a subscription to football outsiders, you're buying, I, I believe subscription to like premium data and premium stats and, and their forecasts and stuff, as well as projections against the spread. But I think they had a separate package where they were selling picks. I mean, I, I, I like reading their, um, their almanac every year of team. Th- this is not, again, this is not, it's not a, th- we have had this conversation about whether yeah. the stuff that they produce is valuable. Certainly DVOA as a stat is, was, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it was certainly the first of its kind in football that really used, I mean, what it did was add the concepts of success, right? Like DVOA adds play success as, as like, a, uh, you know, and, con- and somewhat contextualizes statistics based on play success. Yeah. So anyways, okay. Uh, if you, if you're wondering if you're interacting with people in Seville on Twitter, if you see words spelled incorrectly intentionally, like, like sprots. sprots or gambooling, then that's Seville. That's kind of their code. And if they're mean to you and they yeah. make you feel like you're an idiot, it's probably Seville also. Oh, Toledo just scored. This is going to be a good sweat for the fourth quarter. Uh, anyways, um, anything else on that? I mean, I think we both have a lot of respect for Seth Byrne. I think we think he's an intelligent, um, really intelligent person who is in our minds a net positive to the sports betting world, but certainly he, uh, he took us to task. Um, and you know, I, I think it was, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, he was, he says harsh, but fair. He says harsh, but fair. Right. But the question is, is he, and I mean, does he think he's a net positive because it turns out that he cares his, well, no, I, so Brian Bullock, whose podcast he's appeared on um, in the past, like Brian Bullock put out a, has a list of all the people he's had, and it turns out he's had Cheetah on. And so Dude, Seth, when, a, when, when Seth saw this, he said it, it's inexcusable on his part. So. Yeah. But I mean, anyways, okay. Yeah. So let's go to the election. Okay. So you made a point that you believe that this was, and the reason we did this whole election podcast was you believe that this was a, a Mayweather situation? Yeah, I thought the markets had a Mayweather-McGregor situation where this was like a once-in-a-lifetime 
betting opportunity and the odds were, you know, way too short on Biden and you wanted to empty the farm on Biden. Yeah. And I think for a few, for a few reasons, Jeff, and you know, if you look at sort of these events that have extremely large handle and a larger percentage of square handle and and not just square, but like people that don't normally bet such as the world cup and the super bowl, you can get some prices that are like pretty far from what they should be. Would you agree with that? Yes. So the, um, the World Cup is a lot less efficient of a betting market than, say, like a Premier so, League game. So the World Cup, the Super Bowl, the F- Mayweather, McGregor, big big boxing matches, yep. probably okay. especially like that one. Like sure. So so okay. So that's so that's one, so that's, that's premise one. Factor number one. Premise two. This and so is, in your mind, hold on. In your mind, the well, here's the thing that I the the ability to bet on this present election was not as easy as it would be to bet on the world cup or the super bowl. So because, the ability to get a recreation. Because you can't bet because, well, you can't. Because you can't bet legally take, in the United right, States. Not in the U S but. You're saying the square money was outside of the U S. Yeah. I mean, I think that the side, yeah. I mean, if okay. you look at, if you look at, some of these offshore books, I heard they said that this was one of these, this was one of for, for some of these books, if not the biggest handle they've had on any event. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, they took, okay, so, they so took I'll, big I'll, liability and were willing to, I mean, they were willing to have a ton of liability on one side as well. And the other thing is it, it's an event with that, that is not, I mean, that there, I don't want to say there's not a lot of data, but if you think elections do not happen often, it's and if you look at things that um, if you look at things that are easy to forecast and where you, you have more efficient markets, it's in things where there's a good feedback loop where people um, make a prediction, get feedback, make another prediction, get feedback, and from there you can tune your models and calibrate them, and you have a good idea. You, you have a better you have a better calibrated model and a better idea of the uncertainty. And if you're if if you're predicting like the oil oil prices twenty years in the future. Somebody doing that is probably not going to be that great at predicting because, you know, he's got to wait 20 years to get that feedback and he's not getting it. And so in my, in my mind, um, this election is something that is, especially given the, the circumstances, and I guess we can get into the live betting um, and the impact that, of COVID and the mail-in ballots on that, but, but it's something well, so, so, that is so let's of, go. So, so you just said two things, right? You said one really public event like the Super Bowl. two was, um, not a, a, a weak ability to get a feedback loop. So can I add a third too? There's the notion sure. of people to see things like that are not certainties as closer to 50, 50. I mean, that's sort of a psychological bias, a heuristic. It's, we tend to cluster to probabilities around 50% or like we tend to think of things as certain or not certain. If it's not certain, it's close to 50, 50. If it's certain, it's, you know, certain, but this was clearly not considered a certain thing. And so people tend to think, oh, we don't know, 50%. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think you saw that with Mayweather McGregor. They were like, well, he's got a chance. Sure. Okay, so, so now, now that you've seen what transpired over the last, what, 24 hours, roughly? Maybe more than that, like 30 hours, hours maybe. 30 hours. Now that you've had a chance to see that, do you still think, you know, your initial assessment was correct if you were put in the same position? I mean, if you could rewind knowing a little bit about 
how these the 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 day went you would would you bet it again well first off i probably wouldn't have reacted like as i did early in the night where i mean everyone I wanted like to give you was, shit uh, give, everyone yeah. wanted me to give you shit for saying it's over. being a drama king and look every, i was Jeff, you're sweating a game right behind you. I was sweating. I was sweating the election, and you I were was sweating a little both bit. I've a never, political... I, I've never heard you sweat something like that before. Like it's... this was an all-time sweat for you, and I, I understand why. There was a lot of emotion it attached was, to yeah, it. Yeah, it, it wasn't just money for me either. Right. So is that I mean, a good idea that... to tie that much money to something you care about that much outside of the money? But also, I mean. Also, it just kind of felt like deja vu from 2016. And so it seemed like when things started moving that way in 2016, it kind of accelerated and, and the same thing happened. The markets went from, uh, from Biden minus 200 or so to Trump minus 700 pretty quickly. It was just like, boom. Okay, then, so, then it stabilized, so, but, but did you, it you didn't answer my question, which is, do you yeah, feel the way things played out like you were correct in your assessment that this was like a Mayweather McGregor type event? I still think, okay. I, I, well, first off, we still don't have all the mail-in votes. In, You're not so I fucking don't, answering no. my question. Oh, I, it's, it's, look, it's a very I simple question. I, a, I wasn't the one doing think, modeling you, for this. Hold on. Let me finish. I wasn't the one doing the modeling for this. And the modeling said that, you know, like I, I trust a lot of what Nate Silver does and, you know, his margins were, including the mail-in balloting, which isn't all in yet. So I don't know where, where uh, the margin will be relative to the predicted margin in some of these states. But um, I still think that, yes, I, I had an edge. Um, I think that, and the combination of an edge and the ability to get a lot down was why it's such a, such a big event, such a once in a blue moon event. Um, but That's you it. didn't think you had, you thought you had a very large edge, right? You didn't just think you had an edge. I mean, I, I, I didn't think it was minus 500 though. Well, what did you think it was? Because that's essentially what, 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 um, I mean, Nate was saying Nate, it was minus, should have been minus 900, right? Well, okay. But that's without the shenanigans, like the, that's fine. He, he gave the shenanigans like a 10% chance. chance. So, so so that would be 25%. So minus 300. Okay. That's still a pretty significant edge. That's a pretty significant edge. So do you think that was like the right, I'm asking you like going back now after seeing how this played out. Okay. Do you still La feel last the 24 hours ago? I did not think that now I do looking back and I feel like I totally overreacted and I, I was not educated enough to know that Pennsylvania Michigan and Wisconsin, we would see the, you know, what we would see at the beginning would be um, election day votes and the mail-in votes, which are heavily democratic, wouldn't come, wouldn't be counted until later. I, I didn't know the difference. Well, I mean, a lot I, of I it, learned, right? I learned a lot election night. I wasn't live betting this for that reason. I mean, I, you know, I didn't have, I, I hadn't studied all this stuff. Well, <laughs> you're kind of hilarious tonight because you're, you're like, Cherry picking revisionist. I mean, you did put a big bet on it. That, that did. wasn't based on you studying anything. It was based on Nate's numbers. It's based on and, Nate's numbers as well as some other stuff. So, I mean, like, okay, like so Nate's numbers would not have favored tech, like Trump in Texas, a position I had before we had Seth on. And I was very glad that he, uh, he was on the same side there. Okay. Um, so, so let, let's talk about a few things, right? So, 
Wait, I want to know first off, do you, what do you think? Do you think I had an edge? I, I never thought it was. I, 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 we've had, we were on this podcast, I don't know, a month ago or whatever. And we talked about this and I said, I thought it was like a 50, I thought it was closer to 50, 50. I don't know if you remember. And like the I whole remember. situation with Nate on Twitter, where he was talking about, you know, th this, the markets not being particularly smart or whatnot. Um, in, and then, you know, I, I, to counter your points on this being Mayweather McGregor, right? Every sharp that we know was on uh, was on Mayweather, right? Yep. And every, every sharp, right? So, and um, where, where did this, the book and, and did the books have liability on McGregor, right? I think they did. Did they have liability? Yeah, of course. The books were taking right, yes, heavily yes, yes, McGregor of course, of course. action. So in in this case, right? There were sharps. I think a lot that were on Trump. I, I mean, I know my buddy Mark Ed Teach was on Trump, but aside from that, I don't know anybody else that any other betters that, or people that bet for a living they were on Trump. At least not that you know, much. literally like only that. know one. Yeah, I know okay. a lot of I know a lot of betters that were on Biden. Interesting. I mean, I think Empire Maker had like seven fig had like a ton of money on him. Um, keep poking the bear, Rufus. Just keep poking the bear. Well, he's he's going to be a very rich man. He already um, is a very rich man. Okay, so back to back to this whole idea. Okay, um, we can. You want me to answer your question? Is that what you're saying? No. Well, you clearly. So don't I never thought. I never thought it was that. I never thought it was that. And and when when last night when it when Florida opened up that way it did, and the betting market reacted the way it did, I did think it was over. I thought Trump was going to win. I was at dinner. It, trying to like kind of avoid things and and then maybe come watch it when I got home and I was obviously checking on this stuff on my phone and when I saw I think Cheetah and I were texting and when it when it popped to like whatever Trump minus 200 or minus 300 what it whatever it did when it when it I thought it was over for sure it felt like it felt like 2016 when it went and just kept going and then didn't go back it stayed so I didn't it, like, follow yeah. I didn't follow 2016 as closely to remember I just remember, like, especially from a betting market standpoint, I didn't follow it. But I remember kind of watching the television and seeing all of those states with Trump leading, right? And and I think, you know, okay, so how, like, it'd be, it's interesting to talk about how the night went on, right? Because when Trump, when, when Trump popped at sort of like minus 300, I think he got up to like minus 500. He got to minus at 700 point. at one book. Yeah. So he got up as far and then Biden started to come back. And when Fox called Biden to take Arizona, right, which they did obviously very prematurely. Yeah, too early. At this point sure. now, we're not even sure if he's going to get Arizona for yeah. sure. And it, it probably isn't going to matter. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, when, when that happened, all of a sudden Biden came back into the minus 200 range right i sorry into the to the plus 200 range or trump got in the mm -hmm. minus 200 range and um you know and then and then everything started slowing down obviously i stayed up until about midnight my time which is roughly about when you went to bed yeah when i, I went to bed at later. midnight i because of all of the sort of you know big the areas that hadn't reported so there were two things right there were mail in ballots and then the areas that were underreported 
were typically areas that were very blue. Yeah. Right. The, the, the suburbs, the smaller places, that's what got reported early and done. And those were much more red. So the blue and the market, right. And so th this is the, probably the most interesting part of this conversation, if we can ever get to it, which is were the markets like, why were the markets so bad? Why did they overreact so much? And is this a, a indictment on markets generally and their ability to predict events? Um, you know, I, I, I saw people on Twitter tweeting about that and it's, and I'm sure Nate is going to do a victory lap around markets. Not, you know, he's, I think he even said something like yeah. this hasn't been a good night. Like to, he said something like that to Justin Wolfers. I was going to add, um, yeah, I saw that. I was going to ask you if you thought Nate should be taking a victory lap. Like, how does Nate come out of this looking? Like, you know, it's it, at 9 p.m. yesterday, everybody was like, like, Nate's not going to have a job. Let's crucify him. And now he's taking a victory lap. Do you think? I, I think Nate is too, he's become too much of a pundit. Of, he's just too much of like, he's, he's his own like worst enemy at this point, right? Because he makes these predictions and then he has to sort of stick with them till the bitter end. And it was hard for me to trust him during the time when I was looking for any hope, right. That, that Biden had a chance because I felt like he had lost a lot of credibility because I thought he was so married to his predictions. Like I remember reading him say something, saying something like, you know, if, 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 if this is still, and what's interesting is, in many ways, what happened last night is what people predicted was going to happen, right? Which was that Trump was going to yep. look like a winner when we all went to bed. But yet, somehow, we slash the betting markets forgot about that. Like, well, I, th I, I think, it, I mean, I don't think it's just that, Jeff. I mean, I think that's part of it. But I, I think we lost sight of that in the fact that, um, I saw there was a big play a second ago, by the way, for you. But um, in the fact that the Florida... With, when Florida came in and Biden way underperformed the polls, I think that there was that notion that, okay, Biden underperforms in Florida. He's likely to underperform elsewhere because polling errors are correlated. And it turns right. out like, you know, the cube, like Miami Dade and Cuban vote went more for Trump. Um, and it turns out that didn't, that didn't sort of portend badly for Biden in other areas of the country, but we didn't know that at the time. And so when Florida, Georgia and North Carolina at that time looked so good. And I remember seeing them on the New York Times needle. Those are the three needle states. Um, it, you know, it, I think people thought, oh, the polls were wrong again across the board. Well, and you don't think they were. You think the, what it's going to end up having is the, the margin of error in the polls is going to be not, is going to be within what, what we would have thought they'd be. Um, I think reasonably so, yeah. I mean, I, I think, Trump still overperformed the polling. I think we can say that. If not, yeah. we would, if not, you're saying, oh, it was a 90% chance the whole way, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's, I think, hard to, it's, it's hard to say because if you break any of these moments into, you know what I mean? Like if you break any of the moments at the moment, it's, it, it's, it's, it, feels, it feels, you know, different than depending on when Yep. You know, like right now, you especially if it ends up that he he gets, you know, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, Arizona, you know, he he flipped a lot of states um, and he will win in that in that case, you know, Nevada, sorry, Arizona and uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania. Um, 
it's going to be a, 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 you know, a pretty dominant win and it's going to look like a pretty dominant win. Right. Michigan and and, Wisconsin too. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, those are already, those are already called. Right. Right. So okay. I'm talking about the ones that aren't called yet. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's fascinating because again, like ultimately, do you think this is an indictment on markets or not? Like what, what's your, what would you, what's your take? Okay. So I think the live betting market is different than the, the, I'm calling it a pregame betting market. First off though, remember, like, let's think about the Tampa Bay Bucks, New York Giants game on Monday night. You had, that was a 13 point spread. I think the money line was like minus 500, no big. And, and guess what? The Giants were winning at halftime. Nobody was like, would we say, oh, you know, the live odds were probably like, I mean, there was a point when the Giants were a pick or a small favorite. I remember that, but I don't think anybody was like, ah, the, you know, the point spreads are broken. It's because this is such a rare isolated event, this election. And so we make a lot, I mean, you're going to have games where one team's minus 300 at one point and plus 300 another point, first off. That's um, a different, that's a different animal though, because in, in the one case you're, there's, there's a known, there's known information, you know, this team is legitimately winning by X. We're like, this is a, we're this, make, right. But we're making decisions based on the information we have. And so here, I think a, it's not a, it's I know, not a I good agree. analogy. I'm saying, I, and I think markets were making information we're making i guess markets as a whole were making a decision or price a price based on the information they had at the time but i think they weren't factoring in other information i think we can clearly say that right now but well, they I, were I, they were thing, they weren't they did not know how to interpret the results right. and so think of like the fact is this is a, would, how often you, jeff how often have we seen election results come in during a weird unusual pandemic election where votes are not but, coming in at the same time okay. in the same ways so as they have the, been before. So Rufus, so, 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 so the, the, the whole point of a market, right, is it's supposed to be able to, because of diverse thought and because of monetary incentive, it's supposed to be able to capture information that models can't, right? Because of diverse thought and because of just, you know, all of yep. these different, the, the wisdom of the crowds, right? So this is like the classic case of where a market should have been able to overperform, right? A, a model. I don't. I don't think it's fair for you to like excuse the market based on the fact that there was. This is like a, a very rare occurrence. No, I mean I think like, there I isn't. Was, I was but listening it's true. to there, so. Okay. So let me let me finish. So yep. I, I, I was listening. What's that? You make a good point, but I will let so you finish. So the 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 there's a podcast that Phil Helmuth was on. It's it's called the All In Podcast, and it's with like Jason Kilcannon, a bunch of tech people, and Chamath Palapatia. But Helmuth was on there, and I listened to the beginning of this podcast today, and it, it was doing, a, they were doing a live podcast last night, like as it was happening. And they were talking about the betting odds. Let, let's not talk about the fact that at one point they quoted Bovada, which I was like, okay, this is, these guys are real. What are Bovada limits? Betting markets. <laughs> but they were talking about it, and Phil Helmuth basically said, Someone's out there, they're betting, you know, they're betting millions of dollars or 800K, you know, like 800 pounds, whatever was, because I think he was looking at Betfair. Okay. And he was basically saying, like, these people know something that no one else knows. They have information. That's, they're trading on this information and they know something that no one else does. 
I mean, and he said that so definitively in this podcast. And I, I'll go back and listen to it and try try to like make see how it progresses. But essentially, when we see something like that, you and I in a market, like when I and I'm telling you how I interpreted those. When I saw those numbers pop to Trump minus three hundred, minus four hundred, I was like, this shit is over. That was my thought as well, Jeff. I, I still think like looking at a, like a market is going to be the best indicator we have would you agree but with that? it's it's yes and for the and reasons that, you and, said but but yet but so all all night right i was refreshing chris mm-hmm. and looking at what the market was to interpret to sort of like that was like me checking the score of a I game i was doing the same exact thing yeah so i was doing that and also betfair right so we obviously placed a lot of and the market very much led, I think, what the public opinion was, meaning it was a leading indicator of it. It would capture what the public opinion was of the race. And so I don't know if you had the same experience, but I went to bed and Trump was like minus 250 and I woke up and Biden was minus 250 or minus yeah. 300. I had I had virtually the same experience. And I was I talking was with like I was talking with Matt Davidow last night. Actually, he was looking at the Great Lake states: Michigan, Wisconsin, actually in Pennsylvania, so Rust Belt. But and and basically saying that it looks like there um, it was minus two fifty Trump in all those states, and there wasn't enough votes coming in to sort of make up that difference. And I wake up in the morning, and both of those already are are blue. Yeah. So it it was a huge about face. And it's interesting because last night before I went to bed, I had read enough and almost convinced myself that there was a chance because of like the way, and if you watched, so I will give Fox News credit over CNN. It was a much better watch than CNN. And they did analyze all of the, the precincts that, or whatever, the areas that were still had a lot to report and how much was available there. And that, that's why they didn't call some of these states, even though it looked like Trump had won. So I went to bed actually thinking that, 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 um, that Biden had a chance, but I really didn't because the market was so skewed, right? And I, I didn't, yeah, I have, this, if I yeah. really thought Biden had a chance, I, I would have put something on Biden at plus 220 or whatever I could have done before I went to bed. I obviously didn't really think Biden had a chance. You thought Biden had a chance, but you didn't think your domain knowledge was enough to like, you thought there was something that somebody else knew that you didn't know. You thought the market was sharper than you were there. I I was, I felt the exact same way. Yeah. Although I I convinced, I convinced Matt David out to bet Biden at like plus 200 or something for Michigan last night. But um, no, I mean, Preston and I were talking about it and we were just like, we should be betting Biden right now. Like there's no, this is just like, when we see a line pop that we don't agree, like when the Seattle game this weekend, right? We were like, when that game went down to pick them, what were you just like, what the hell's going on here? It went down to minus minus one fifteen at one point. Yeah. Seattle. I mean, it, it was crazy. Right. And it's like, what, what is going on? And they, do they really think that Seattle not having, you know, Chris Carson is, is, is that big of a deal? Because that's the only thing it could have been. Right. That made that pop so much or were people just so bought into the Niners at that point. I don't know. I, I personally more bought into it was was yeah. I mean, I most people I know added Seattle at that point, right? Every, we most sharps right. I had taken San Fran plus three and a half. Um, and I did you, not. Did you bet I did out of it when Seattle. it got to one? 
no, but I did, I did have a Seattle second half position. So I ended up the net uh, even for that game. Oh, Seattle second half must've felt good. Yeah. But Jeff, back to what you were saying though. So these sort of insane line moves we had, and, and you basically said that markets are supposed to take into account all this information. There could be people with inside information, you know, basically aggregating all this information, the wisdom of the crowds is going to give us a more efficient market. But I still do think a market where there is more information available is going to have a more efficient price and less crazy movements. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there, I mean, I think looking back, a lot of people, um, I mean, markets can be irrational. And I think, I think clearly it was a little bit irrational for sure last night. I know you care, but I'm about to win this under. So well done. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of it at the end of the day. And I don't know what, like ultimately what this was, was a prediction market of the election and it had wild swings, which you, I don't know, like, it, 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 I don't know if it ends up, we end up saying like Nate gets a victory lap. Um, but I don't know how well Nate really handled it because he wasn't strong in the face of adversity. I mean, I think if we look through his tweets, he was basically kind of just holding on to hope that Biden had chan- a chance, but certainly wasn't like, definitive in his there wasn't did you find you don't want him to be i mean you he's not supposed to be definitive he's supposed to be probabilistic well i would have liked someone to have explained pretty well to me like at that moment and there were some people i guess that did on twitter but generally like the idea that that you know that that even though at that moment right and again like the market is processing whatever information it has and then interpreting it. And the problem is I don't think there, there wasn't enough diverse thought. And I wonder if there had been one market versus there were so, there was a bunch of different markets, right? There was the, there was like the Forex, the crypto market. Mm-hmm. There was the predictive market. There was the, the Betfair market. And then there was like the offshore books and they, yeah, they, they had different prices at different times. And, and they and I also wonder like, if you had consolidated those markets whether and, and put everyone in there, whether they would have been a little bit more even and more accurate. Well, the other thing you have to consider is that the offshores had a ton of liability on Trump before election night. And so if anything, they would want to skew prices a little bit towards Trump to get some Biden support there. Yeah, maybe. So maybe that's not a good prediction market because it's not predicting at that point. It's actually trying to trying to Save like balance bets. the position or yeah not take too much exposure on one side um but at the same time if you looked at betfair there wasn't a ton of volume on betfair for the most part i mean at times i looked i was like okay five thousand here you know seven thousand there twenty thousand there it wasn't so do you think do you think nate's right that 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 the the you know the prediction the election markets aren't good markets i mean essentially you you do believe that because no no i mean i believe the prediction markets were closer to right than nate okay but here's what i'm saying though i believe nate was you, directionally right you you were willing to bet into that market in ways that you wouldn't have bet into a different market and you yeah. were willing to bet into it because you believed that it was wrong you believed it was populated with public money yes i did and and you believed that like a lot of people were betting it 
Yep. So, there was a ton. And, so and I, I knew, I think, and I, I knew that you, books were taking, I knew, well, I mean, I bet I knew it before I knew this, but I knew that books had big liability on Trump, basically. I mean, there was a ton of action coming in on Trump. Um, so do you understand so, what I'm saying though? You essentially are, are, are echoing Nate with your actions. No, I'm not saying the markets are completely wrong. I'm saying the markets- Well, you, you were willing to bet into it and something yes. that you don't know particularly yes. well. Okay, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that Nate was more right than the market. I think the market was more right than Nate, but I think Nate was directionally correct. I think he had enough signal that the market wasn't incorporating because um, for, well, for various reasons, um, there was not, I didn't think it was a particularly sharp market as we talked about with like the world cup and the super bowl that effect i mean i think the real i think the real question with all of this is you know if you go back to polling and i think that conversation we had with seth about the trafalgar group and and the idea that the polling data is so bad right like i think we all believe that there there has to become something a bit more scientific that to generate data for election predictions than the way they do polling right now yeah, there's biases. There's certain people are more likely to, you know, return like answer their phones or fill out internet surveys. I mean, or do you whatever. have any it's, idea it's a lot, what it's a lot harder back in the day? You could just call and everybody just had a landline and that was it. And people didn't have caller ID. It's just who answers the phone. And now it's a lot more difficult. Do you have any idea what the indicators that our friend Ed Teach had that that made him want to bet all these different, you know, Trump pro Trump? I mean, I know he's a huge Trump supporter and believes that the media is very biased. And right, that, but he and said he made some biased. indication that he has a bunch of information no, that other he, people don't have. He believes the shy Trump voter theory. Okay, so what, it's, what are the, his indicators though? The, the I don't si think, shy oh, I don't think he had any actual data indicators. He's, he said he did. He indicated I'm, that. I'm sure. He said, he said a lot of things. I still, I have a lot of respect for, for Ed, Mark, but, um, but we were on different sides here. Yeah. I mean, and I, I texted you that he was, that I was like, I, I mean, his, his, he, he has a real strong uh, confirmation bias in his, in his analysis of things, I feel like. And for someone that is obviously smart and a very critical thinker and, and good at, you know, spotting a bunch of these opportunities as an advantage player, I think his after the fact narratives and confirmation biases are a little. We, we all have those to some extent though, but yeah, he, I told he, him, he has I told a very, his, his, uh, his, his, uh, personality on Twitter is one of his you know, persona on Twitter, which is like, you know, again, like he's, he was a perfectly delightful guy on our podcast and, and, you know, every interaction I've had with him since has been great, but it, it, you know, the, the whole Brady thing obviously has like creased me and put me on tilt. And then, yeah. um, you know, even just this like Herbert versus Tyrod Taylor thing, it's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. Cause he was, he was a big advocate of Tyrod before. And now Tyrod he's like, before the season. Now he's, and yeah. And now the, the two and whatever five <laughs> yeah, chargers but, that are. I mean, but we get new information and we process that information. We develop new viewpoints. And I think that, you know, I think you'd have to be crazy to think that. Tarot is better than Herbert right now, probably, right? I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, think, yeah. I mean, Herbert did throw a pretty critical interception that allowed that team to lose that game. And 
Nope. Yeah, he, he's done a lot of great the things. Chargers, What's Charger. They're the Chargers. They, they I mean, always Herbert, the Herbert had something like – he had like a, a ridiculous amount of interceptions in college, right? Yeah, he and made some throws, a, some boneheaded throws at times in college. And that's like the whole notion of like Tyrod, right? Tyrod is very – he's steady. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. Steady and slow wins the race, right? Pretty conservative. Um, do you want to talk about all about the – is the election completely over? It's, it's now on, on – on Chris, it's minus 900 on the no for Trump. What's interesting is Georgia's minus 255 for the Dems and Pennsylvania's minus 733 for the Dems. I'll tell you what. To me, the minus 900 doesn't seem to make sense relative to the state markets. So the minus 900 Biden for the general election, given the fact that, given the fact that Biden's minus 733 favorite plus 455 comeback, um, in Pennsylvania, and minus two fifty five plus one ninety seven comeback in Georgia. I mean, so do, you're thinking the minus nine hundred should be even more? Yeah, I think, but I think again, they do have a lot of liability on on Trump. I think so. They they're happy. So should to we take, just put some? Should we just put some more Biden on right now at minus nine hundred? I'm not going to. I was talking to my business partner earlier today, and he was basically like this morning, or actually, I wasn't awake in the morning, but early afternoon uh, when it was minus. 350 or so and and he basically was like if i didn't have any position i'd be adding a ton right now of, of biden at minus 350 but we're not adding because we're we you know we're, i we're i took a little there. my i have to i have to sadly admit oh. i took a little biden off the table when it was oh. it was like it was plus 390 on trump at, at one point like this oh. afternoon or you know, it wasn't even this afternoon it was this morning where i was like man there's still so much uncertainty that that seems like a reasonable place to take off a little bit of exposure. Wait, so you had a big Biden position? I didn't have a big Biden position, but I had a Biden position from like, I've, I think I've told you this from the beginning of COVID. Yeah. It, it was Biden at plus money from the beginning of COVID because I was basically like, Trump is mis going to mishandle this and it's going to be his Waterloo, right? It's going to be his COVID. Like he's going to- COVID will be his COVID. And, and I, I contend that, Honestly, that I, I don't think this would have been as close if the George Floyd thing hadn't happened. Uh, I agree. But I think that George Floyd thing caused a lot of uneasiness by what would have been Biden voters um, about this, this sort of law and order stuff because like people were worried and people are worried about themselves more than anything. And you can't blame them to some degree. And that caused a lot of uneasiness by people. It gave Republicans a message. Yeah, it gave or not it you gave agree with that message. or not? It gave, it gave them, them a message, message that, that and and it yeah, it gave I them mean, a message that renovate re, resonates. resonates. It re, it with, renovates with, my house. It, it renovate it gave it them a message that house. renovates your house. Yeah. Okay. I want mean, to talk fear, football. Fear is a powerful. Fear is a fear is a powerful motivator. You want to talk football? Let's do it. You said your colleges suck this year. What, yeah. Or what, so then you don't mind giving it out because this is a pretty big slate this week. Is it? I literally haven't looked since Monday. So um, what do you make Notre Dame, Clemson? Okay. Um, without Trevor Lawrence. Oh, wait. Trevor Lawrence isn't playing? He is not. Or at least he wasn't on Monday. As I said, I haven't Watson looked at it playing? since Monday. So um, I make that number um, – I mean, he's not playing for Clemson. I, I make it Clemson minus 3.8. So there's, wow, really? So there's a little bit of value on, on Notre Dame at plus six. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to 
I'm, I'm not going to bet it. I don't I think mean, that's I'm, enough. But. I'm, I'm about to bet on Notre Dame, but maybe that line will go up. Uh, any college that jumps that that jumped out at you that you played? That Let me see what to, I need to, to actually look and see what line, current lines are now because I, I might I be have giving them in you front a price of me. Just, just throw just throw some out. Let's see what did I play? I played uh, Western Kentucky, which gave me a push last week. I got it at 31. Um, this week I got, let me see. Are uh, they like the Jets I, oh, of college football? Oh, damn. Closing line value. Actually, not closing line. Midweek line value. Um, I got it at plus 10, and now it's plus six and a half. Maybe my college isn't worthless. At least that game isn't. I bet find, finding them. I bet Texas. Hmm. I took them at everyone and their mom was on Texas last week. And that was like a nice game to pull out. I took Texas at a price of minus six and a half and minus seven. And it is currently minus six and a half. So I've not gotten good line movement there. Um, so, I okay, took a little bit of, a little bit of Georgia. Um, again, I did not get good line movement there. I took it at four and it's now three. That's very bad. Uh, um, okay. I played UNLV. I played that at 13 and a half, 13 and 12. It is now, I'm literally doing this and finding out live. Um, so I minus 11. Okay. It could be either embarrassing or validating. I don't know. Um, Illinois is off the board. Um, I played a little bit of Penn state actually. And um, at 24, that's 25 now. I'm literally just CLV. going through exactly. CLV. I mean, this is a mixed bag here. Um, Tulane. I took Tulane at three and a half and four. And that is now five. Yay. Yay. A, a very meaningful point. Five. A lot of games land there. And uh, unfortunately, I took Northern Illinois at... 10 and 11 and it closed at 15 so and lost and lost so i think my sharp card needs to be revoked if it ever existed i don't know how <laughs> was there was there some news there i mean this is the first game for both these teams and i was know there's some news about your sharp card no i know no, no, i don't Northern think you Illinois. Got a sharp card oh, and i know sorry. cheetah was on the same side as me there he was cheetah just took it for shits and giggles because he wanted some action i don't, i think he probably took it because you had it also okay well he told me he agreed with it so and that was when it was 10, but I don't know what we didn't know, but it clearly was something meaningful. <laughs> Maybe it was that um, most of the precincts that had it reported were actually blue. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Let's move on to the NFL. Um, How did you do last week in the NFL? Uh, okay. Not, not great. I had... Um, I ended okay, so I think that that made it feel okay. Um, oh yeah, so I had in the late games, if the if the Saints had scored a touchdown in overtime, I would have swept the late games and my second halves in the late games because I, I had the I had Denver plus three, I had the over in the second half of the Denver game, I had the over in the second half of the Saints game. I had the Saints and the Saints minus three in the second half, and the Saints minus four in the game. That's a lot of numbers. And I had Seattle also in in that game. I had Seattle at bad line value. I think I think I had 
Seattle minus three even. I managed to get the only minus three that was probably available all week. Uh, that's when they took my sharp card away. Okay. How did you do last week? Um, I think we made a little bit. We had... We had Minnesota, which was nice. But for the record, I had, I had a bunch of losers in the morning too, so that, that's... Minnesota was nice. The Jets was a loss. San Francisco was a loss. Denver was a very lucky win. And the Giants were a win that was less lucky. Is that oh, lucky? man, I wish you, I knew you had the Giants. I was, like, looking for any reason to bet e- everybody on the Giants. And everybody was on the Giants, I felt like. That line just, I, I, I don't know. I it went think up that to was 13. calling to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I think we might have even gotten 13 and a half. It might have just been. That was kind of obvious. I don't remember. It, it it seemed like it seemed pretty obvious at the time. No, we got it at thirteen, but we bet it the day of. It it yeah. Um, I don't think the giant the Giants aren't that bad. And if you watch the game, Daniel Jones had a bunch of opportunities that he missed downfield. He missed he, made, a, he missed a bunch of throws where he had wide open receivers deep. He may not be very good. He may not. Um, and and those I mean, two when interceptions we, were awful. When and do we fire that. on the 49ers? Like they're plus seven at home, plus one ten now. Yeah, I, I love that. But I mean, is the game back on the board? Because it was off earlier. It's on the board, but there's a lot of guys that aren't. It's the COVID the thing. It's yeah. the COVID thing. I mean, sure. Well, they're already they already have a ton of injuries, right? On their practice a ton of injuries facility is closed, COVID. or was closed this week. Because I wonder, does it? Do, what do you think though? Like it's a sh- it's a short week already, anyways. So does, does that really hurt them as much as it would? Because it's not like the Packers are doing very much on a short week, right? Yeah, I don't think they're like practicing in pads or anything like that. But walk through and... And they've got it. And the Packers had to travel. Plan. Yeah. I mean, do people pay as much attention in Zoom meetings as they do in person? Probably See what not. I did there? I was acting like I wasn't paying attention because we're on a Zoom meeting. Ah, uh, so okay. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I agree that that number is too high. Personally, with with Mullins, I make it a pick. So <laughs> I, I bet I'm, Mullins makes I'm it high a pick too. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm higher on San Francisco than most people. They're you know, they do have that year after Super Bowl loss hangover. It, it, it's real. It happens every year. It seems. I like. mean, you know, the reason is because they're just missing so many guys. Yeah, I know. Kittle's out. Oh. Debo Samuel's going to be out. Ayuk's going to be out. I know you don't Ayuk's care about wide receivers. I think Ayuk is on the COVID Ayuk? list. Yeah. All right. It's, so, seven is still a lot of points. And you're right. My, and my, my pick number wasn't adjusting it's for seven. Um, it's seven plus stuff. 110. It's not even, it's not even seven. It's, seven. it's like a seven and a half, a solid seven and a half. I, I, right. I think perception's greater than reality there. Like, how, how healthy are their lines? I, I, their defensive line is not healthy, well, right? Because that's been the case most of the season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else you got? We like Seattle minus the two and a half. It's like minus three even right now over the Bills. Yeah, we we took a little um, plus three on Sunday. Actually, there's a note here from my partner that says bet Sunday because like I make it one and a half basically. So I don't think that's a big edge. I don't know why he bet it. I think he thought that we would like it more. Wait, you make it minus one and a half and you bet Seattle? No, no. I bet Buffalo plus three. Oh, yeah. We like Seattle. Yeah. So we like the opposite side. We're opposite. So for anybody tracking our picks, we're going to eat the juice here. Touts. Touts. We're going to eat the juice. 
The Titans minus Titans. the six. Oh, actually, sorry. We don't like Seattle. Cheetah oh. likes Seattle. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't think we, I don't think we have Seattle. Do you like Minnesota? Oh, no, hell yes. We, I got in on Minnesota at minus three, minus 117, and now Stafford's out due to COVID precautions. He, I don't think he even tested positive. He was just like hanging out with somebody that had COVID or something. So that line is now still only four, or is it just off the board? It's off the board. I bet, yeah. I bet the I was line. like, no respect I, you, for Now Stafford. you're like rubbing this in my face because I bet the line's at plus four. Ah. And I didn't know why I was off the board. And I'm now going to have to like start Cam Newton this week in, you should, in fantasy. Jeff, you should be able to list your quarterbacks. Like you used to be able to list pitchers. Yeah, that's true. In the COVID day. The COVID we like era. the Titans minus the six. I, you probably like the Bears. Um, no opinion. Let me see. I'm trying to find it. Um, no, I mean, I lean towards the Titans. I make it minus 7.1. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it, the there Titans. was some five, some five and a half showed, I think, like earlier. What do you think uh, of Arizona Miami? I don't have a, we don't have a play there. You don't have, that's that's one I like more than um more than most. You like Arizona? Love Arizona. It's yeah. uh I mean I mean Miami's you, coming see, off. Did yeah. you see how weird that game was? Yeah, of course. The Rams ran 92 offensive plays in a non-overtime game. That's got to be some kind of record. They they had more than 3 times Miami's yards. Miami had only eight first downs and 145 yards. And Miami's longest drive was 33 yards. That's, and, and yet they won the game in a blowout, like a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown. And Tua didn't look very good. We love the Saints. Arizona coming off a bye week too. We love the Saints. We love the Saints as well. What do you make that number? Oh, I don't know. what I, I'll have to look it up. You, okay. I get, I'm assuming you make it like pick them or something? Uh, Tampa minus one. So, yeah, basically. Um, I think Tampa's a very good team. I think they're like, they're yeah, you, them and the still, Saints are really the, close. Are the Saints the best team in the league still? Mm, don't think so. Kansas City. We like um, the Texans, which is odd to me, but I'm assuming it's because the the, the quarterback. You like the Texans? I'm trying to even find this game. You're not gonna oh. like. There's no way you're gonna like them. Uh, I make it minus seven point seven. With the with the backup quarterback. Yeah. Well, with wow. I mean, wait, Deshaun Watson's playing, and not for Clemson. No, Luton is playing for the Jags. For the Jags, exactly. Yeah. Luton, you make it when you say Luton. I think Yost Lauten, the the golfer from um, where is he from? That's, that's like, weird. That's not, that's Finland, not what I think oh, at it's, all. It's the, um, the Netherlands. What, what, or something. Anyone but else? Any, would any other games for you? Um, no, New Orleans, Arizona. Minnesota, Buffalo are the ones I'm on. Um, uh, actually, I don't know why. I think uh, my partner bet Jets plus seven and a half on Sunday, just assuming we would like it and th- thinking that it might drop to seven, which, um, well, it did, and then it went back up to seven and a half. But we don't really actually like it. I mean, I make the number 6.4, so it's a lean. But this wouldn't be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, my numbers don't like the Jets this week. I'm going to have to come up Isn't with some insane? other plays for the Tony Kornheiser show. Have you just been saying Jets and Saints every time? And just, and then, I mean, last week I was like, Bill Rufus to, uh, last week I was headed to 0 and 5, and then, you know, Seattle pulled through and, and uh, Denver pulled that horseshoe out of their ass. 
What do you think is happening? I mean, have you seen how bad the, I mean, the Jets, they were last in game grades last week. Um, The week before they were third to last The week before that they were last. Like they've been basically right at the bottom every single week. And they're actually plus in turnover differential this year. They're so bad. And they've actually been kind of lucky. Their badness has finally caught up to them. Which to you, I don't know. I mean, have you, speaking of like lucky, have you seen where the saints are in terms of um, penalty yard differential? they're getting murdered yeah it's it's insane i mean they had their first week where they were not um negative in that category or i guess positive more yards penalty yards but they have their penalty yard differential is minus 310 um second worst is the ravens at minus 184 nobody else is more than minus 100 yards it's i mean we all did you have the ravens last week uh no i didn't have anything there we had the Ravens and Cheetah, the Ravens, and that was a funny game, right? Because they basically gifted the Steelers 14 points. They did. Um, but I still actually had – so I, I still had the Steelers with a better game grade there. Despite – yeah. Um, Interesting. The, you're right, the Ravens, though, yeah, they're negative three turnover margin. They were penalized 80 more yards. But What do you make the Chargers-Raiders game? Um, I got to get away from my game grade sheet. Chargers Raiders is chart. Oh, Raiders minus 0.3. So <laughs> pick, pick. What do you make that? I, I, we don't show any value there. Yeah. I don't show value either. Um, any other right. sort of any themes from the NFL we want to talk about? Um, or gambling world. I mean, we, we, oh, we, we never, where, where are you on the, just the, the Patriots narrative now? I mean, like they played a reasonable game against Buffalo and, you know, obviously had a chance, a real chance to win that game. If Cam doesn't fumble that ball, I guess we'll see if they come out. It's interesting because if they win that game against Buffalo, they're what three and four. And then they win this game against the Jets. They're four and four. They're like right back in the division. And, you know, I think our opinion of Miami right now is they're not particularly good, even though they've, they've won some games. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't see. I mean, like, what, what's what's the, the Tampa situation? Didn't play particularly well on Monday night. Uh, everyone was kind of anointing them as the top team in the in the um, NFC, potentially. I guess this is, like, the big showdown, right? Like, if the Saints win this, they're in the inside. Tiebreaker. Yeah, they're, yeah, they, get they the, have that tiebreaker. They sweep and, the head-to-heads. What was weird to me was that after that Giants game, that line went up. It went up to six on Tuesday morning. Hmm. It's it's now down to five and four and a half at some places. It's but gonna it's gonna die. It's gonna close closer to three. I would bet. You think you think three? Well, maybe, I mean, maybe, now maybe, it's in that maybe three and a half or four. I don't right, know. That's what I'm saying. Closer to three, right now. Now that's in that range where if, if it moves at all, it's gonna drop. Probably would be my guess. Okay, but, Mr. Line Whisperer. I mean, just me and Fezzik, we both know where the line's going to move. Hey, you got that information. Yeah. You understand the numbers. I do. I do. Uh, I mean, anything else? I mean, just all of this strangeness with COVID and injuries. And did you hear this thing that they might just move the add another playoff team? Yeah. I mean, can you do that midseason? I guess you can do whatever you, probably you want. Have to, you probably have to return all the futures, right? Ooh, that's a good question. The playoff features. I mean, that shouldn't affect regular season wins. I don't think 
that shouldn't affect Super Bowl future, should it? Just the make or miss playoffs? I don't know, man. Definitely make or miss playoffs. I'll, I'll say it probably depends on what the book's liabilities are, right? I uh, don't say that. That's just negative. You're just a negative Nelly, Rufus. You're a negative Nelly. Not every book would do that. How about the unders? The unders are making a big comeback because of weather now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's actually something we're talking about. The, the, the insane windy games last week. Yeah. And, and I think what Minnesota green Bay, that line was 54 and a half and moved down to 48. And what did it end up at? Um, the 52 points scored or is that it? 28, 40, or was it was 49. I think it was just a bunch of touchdowns, right? Was it 28? It was 28, 22, 50 points, 50 points. Okay. So that, wait, there was a two point conversion, right? Yeah, they did. They should be applauded. Um, but that was uh, – you, you, heard, you heard a lot of people talking about weather trends at that point, like you know, games with 20-plus mile-an-hour winds go under X percent of the time. And I actually went through and sort of looked. I was like, I want to see this, see these sort of crazy weather games, where the line opened and where the line closed. And I didn't do a real scientific study because I don't have opening lines in my database, but I, I looked up. I actually went one by one for maybe like 15 games and looked it up. And, and what's funny is some of these games, like there were from like 2007, I see like no line move or a half a point. And, and the weather says like 30 mile an hour wind or 27 mile an hour wind um, at the stadium in the box score, which makes me kind of doubt that that was actually the case. Do you know what I mean? Cause I don't really see a situation where there was a 27 mile an hour wind and the line didn't move from the, op- the opener. The total. I mean, I, I had we ended up in the in the first round of games with the second half over in Cleveland and the second half over in uh, the New England Bills game, but not Minnesota but, Green Bay. But not Minnesota Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, I had the second half under there because that was such a weird first half where Green Bay convert like it was every drive was a touchdown drive but they both teams were just running the ball while the Packers We we had we short. had and, and the Packers converted two of two fourth downs basically everybody's converting their third and fourth downs that's what was happening. We we had the Packers in the game if you remember and then we ended up with the the Vikings in the second half to to give up set up a nice Polish middle for ourselves but thank God the Vikings You can't say that. It's racist. Polls. I said it on Polls. Twitter and people got upset at me. P-O-L-L-S, polls. Ah. Polish, polls middle. Let, like, you like, saw that, right? That, that like Santa. Trump was talking about the polls closing yeah. and he spelled it P-O-L-L-E-S. Yeah. You can't go to the South Pole anymore. Not after, not after uh, the election closes. Like, that, that's not a thing. Why, 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 were you, you, why were you adverse to us making fun of Trump, Trump betters? Why was I? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't. Do I mean, we, I'm not gonna make fun of Trump betters until like the whole thing's done. But at that point, I will. I thought they said. I thought he meant like Trump supporters, like politically or something. I mean, no, I think he meant betters. I think he was talking about teach. Yeah. Look, you know, you, not everybody makes every makes the right call every time. You know, the, the thing about the the one thing that you would say is that the Trump betters last 2016 were especially annoying and obnoxious after 2016. I was a Trump better in 2016. You weren't annoying and obnoxious about it, but there were a fair amount of people that were. I think at that time I had like 3,000 Twitter followers and really wasn't tweeting much <laughs> and was a lot happier. I'm just result. saying your own personality. Yeah, you were a lot happier. 
people didn't people didn't constantly well the problem with twitter and social media in general is it just is such a distraction and it makes it so much harder to be productive i just have i mean when i'm working i just try to need to put it away for a while and sometimes i'm good at doing that and sometimes i'm not sorry i was checking instagram uh <laughs> anyways all right i got, I got that one jeff i okay, got that one good 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 uh thanks everyone for listening um we will be back next week with the guest, our guest that we were going to have this week. We we're trying to find the toutiest tout we could, but we couldn't find one. So next week we'll have a, a really a, a big tout, a former tout. Were there election tout. touts? Were there I people think, that were touting for the election markets? There should have been. Did, I, mean, I mean, I want to know what Vegas Dave's pick was. Who was, Ve- like, was he martingaling all the states? As they came in, he was like saying, "I think he was on." It was uh, crazy though how quickly he on, they. He was he was on. He says you should parlay Trump in West Virginia at minus five thousand, at Arkansas minus five thousand, et cetera, et cetera. It was crazy how quickly they took down a lot of those state, uh, state by state markets. I mean, what information do they have? I think. What do you mean? Uh, would, no, but I think they were really worried books? about. They were really worried at one point when the Trump stuff started happening that they were just going to get picked off. Yeah. I mean, I would be worried too. Like Betfair so. is the place that, you know, Betfair doesn't have to worry about that, but, but there were market makers on Betfair that are worried about that. And that's why you saw less liquidity there. You, fewer liquidity. you mean? Fewer liquidities. Fewer liquidity. Less liquids, more gases. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Sayonara. The breakdown of data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are about to end just running off a of leaded.